listening to At the Devil's Ball, the podcast where we talk about horror genre films in a positive and constructive manner. I'm Samuel Newman, and with me as always is Nathaniel Johnson. How are you doing tonight, man? Doing okay. Okay. Yeah. Got another late night recording uh, scheduled, mm-hmm. so uh, things get a little loose and, and loosey goosey. It's uh, that's why. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of fun like that. Right. Yeah. They yeah. they are fun. Yeah. 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 You know, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I worked all day and came home and smashed out some food and get, got online for this so uh, i did have today off um oh, okay. but yeah no um uh, for for once yeah uh right. today was a day off but yeah the um usually we hey. we tend to do it when we're both getting out of work but yeah right i happen to be off today so what'd you get up to today anything good oh not much just... i mostly just watched the movie right um you know i did i paid some bills right yeah, well, adult too... stuff yep yeah so yeah the uh yeah pretty much all i did was like watch um really watched this movie really right i mean I, I think i literally put it on i think i finished it and i think i put it on again uh in the background while i like thought for right. a while and which is another uh much like 13 goes last week this is another film that's good for that it's good for background. yeah it's a good background film. yeah good. yeah but uh you know we're continuing on with our uh remake month um, mm-hmm. with house on haunted hill yes 1999's uh you know, uh, some people online were calling it a cult classic, and I'm like, I don't know if it really. This is another that. one, just like Thirteen Ghosts. This is another right. one that has received a sort of reevaluation. Reevaluation, yeah. Um, and um, and I think to a degree it's warranted, and in other ways it's not. Right. It's um, like I called last week. I called Thirteen Ghosts a movie, like a, it was a good movie with a bad movie's gun to its head. Right. Um, this is more along the lines of I think it's a kind of a bad movie with a good movie in it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, uh, unlike some other movies we've labeled that, right. um, this one, the good is, is I think really, really prevalent. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's there on the surface. Um, it's just a lot of other stuff that doesn't quite jive right. and, um, which we'll get to, but, yeah. um, and I think it's predominantly much like 13 ghosts. A lot of the problems are on the page. I think, um, right. the actual presentation is actually pretty good, but, should I do vitals before we jump into yeah, that? Yeah, let's, let's do vitals. Yeah. <clears throat> and we'll eventually get back to like more banter right. in the future. Right. But I think today we just ended up having a segue. So, yeah. Uh, so, House on Hill, as I ever mentioned, was released in 1999. Um, it was directed by William Malone, a uh, very uh, prolific uh, work for hire director. Um, uh, perhaps a fan, a horror fan, people might know him as the director of the uh, uh, cult classic, uh, Fear.com. Um, that is not a cult classic, but no. uh, although we should totally cover fear.com because I realized right. today while I was just kind of wandering around that I actually do have a DVD copy of, of that movie for some reason. Oh, really? And I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, I do, I have that. I should so totally share that guy. You're I the, am that one. one that... Uh, yeah, like even William Malone doesn't have that in his house, right. I don't think, but um, but no, I, I was like, uh, it, it would be worth revisiting, I think, at some point. But uh, writing credits are Rob White, who wrote the story, and Dick Beebe um wrote the screenplay we have a crackerjack of a cast here um everybody in it's good um we have uh jeffrey rush uh playing stephen price we've got famka johnson we've got tay diggs peter gallagher and his eyebrows um (laughs) and i don't mean that disrespectfully he's got pretty majestic eyebrows all right um chris katan um ali larder 
Bridget Wilson Sampras, credited as Bridget Wilson at the time. We have Max Perlich. We have uh, Jeffrey Combs. And then doing kind of one-offs, we've got Lisa Loeb, singer-songwriter Lisa Loeb, uh, Buffy alumni James Marsters. I was going to ask you if that was him. That's him. I'm like, that guy looks like him, but I can't be sure because I've not, you know, haven't watched more than a few episodes, and that was a long time ago. Yep, and uh, we'll we'll get to him because there's right. uh, some funny stuff with that um, in terms of especially how this movie was perceived uh, when it came mm-hmm. out. Uh, and then we actually do have um, uh, Peter Graves uh, right. appearing in a, uh, a one-off as well. Um, we do have a couple of other. Uh, the screenwriter himself does appear in the film, uh, as does uh, special effects artist Greg Nicotero. Uh, right. neither, uh, however, Greg Nicotero does not have any lines. Um, he just is there for a second. Um, right. where he puts a mannequin in a uh roller coaster car. Right. Um you you did spot him, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm like I, I think that this was the first time I spotted him was today. Right. I was, oh, that's actually Greg Nicotero. I did that I did that Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Yeah, the meme, yeah, <laughs> point. Yep. Like, he's Greg Nicotero. Um, yep. but yeah, speaking of like James Marsters, there's uh, Max Perlich is also a Buffy alumni. Um oh. and I'll talk about him too. Um mm-hmm. A little bit um but yes uh and obviously this is produced by a lot of the same people who did um 13 ghosts which was right. a couple years later um but also we should probably call out uh the cinematography of rick boda yes. um who uh is also now probably the most famous for directing multiple hellraiser sequels um, yeah he did those those three back to back to back uh yeah once like filmed in Romania, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. I think I, I think all of them were filmed in Romania. I can't remember. Right. Um, but yeah, he the first one may uh, not have been. Yeah, but Hellseeker, yeah. Debtor, and uh Hellworld. Hellworld, yeah. yeah. So at least the last two. I don't I don't know if Hellseeker was filmed in uh was filmed in Romania, but the other right. two were definitely filmed in Romania. Yeah, yeah. Um uh, but yeah, they were both, uh, but yeah, he's well known for that. He also, uh, was the, uh, cinematographer for Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Uh, including the film Demon Knight. He was the cinematographer on that director of photography on that. Um, right. uh, but so yeah, he's the one who does this. Um, so there's a lot of talent in front of and behind the camera. Oh, for sure. Hill 1999. Yep. Um, it's, uh, it's very much a who's who of, um, of like late nineties, early two thousands actors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and much like 13 Ghosts, it's sort of like there's a little bit of, I think, some confusion as to, um, what Jeffrey Rush is doing here. Yeah. Um, this is not long after his, uh, Academy Award mm-hmm. win, mm-hmm. um, for Shine. What did he win for? Oh, Shine. Shine. Um, I think he won. I'd have to actually, I don't I want to look that up. Yeah. He was only nominated, and it was kind of what got him noticed because he was not in an awful lot of stuff, I think, before no. that. He was a working actor, but I think that was the movie that got him. He's won one Oscar, so right. we'll see if it's uh, that movie or not. But um, uh, he was. Well, certainly it wasn't for Mystery. He man. did. He did win for Shine. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and that was in 1997. Um, but this. Uh, this same year, he is nominated for um, Best Supporting Actor for Shakespearean Love. Nah. Um, so that and this right. are Jeffrey Rush's 1999. What a year. So, yep. um, however, I, I, and maybe this is where we can start, um, mm. uh, how good he is in this movie. Oh, he's, um, amazing. Yeah. he's amazing in this movie. Yeah. 
and that's why when people say like they're like reevaluating and i'm like well okay there is jeffrey rush like right. uh, if nothing else um is providing such a phenomenal performance with a lot of layers it's more yeah. than i think the movie deserves um right but he is going for it um and has so many little subtle character moments throughout this thing mm -hmm. that he really does um to the point that i find the uh post-credit sequence of him being tortured by like evil like hospital people to be mm -hmm. too arch i'm like he didn't right. earn that he was actually kind of the hero of this movie in a lot of ways like why does he get karmic comeuppance i know why evelyn does yeah but this movie can't and that's what i mean is i think that jeffrey rush figures out this character i'm not sure the film does um i don't think they know exactly what to do with him um but uh i don't know what do you think about that like uh what do you what do you think about jeffrey rush in this movie what what's uh what's what's your well first of all did you see this before is this your first yeah time? yeah i've seen okay. it i saw it when it first came out okay um i saw it a couple times back then and then not at all in the intervening years sure um but uh yeah i liked i liked him in this um he does a credible Vincent Price, uh, but yeah. then he makes, but then he makes it his own, its own thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh... yeah, that's um, I think if memory serves, the uh, I, I have, didn't listen to the director commentary on this mm -hmm. one again. I had listened to it years ago, right? And the only thing I really remember about it was William Malone kind of talking about um, people kind of saying Jeffrey Rush is playing Vincent Price, right, in the movie, but then goes on to say like he's doing a lot more with it. Than right. just a Vincent Price impression, like he's clearly influenced by Vincent yeah, Price. Yeah. Uh, he's wearing that on his sleeve, but um, what he's doing with it is going way farther. Um, right. And he gives the he gives gives a uh, creates a character, I think, that is mm -hmm. um, really exceptionally and really really interesting. Like yeah. I, you know, and I think we like him. Um, which is a little. That's why it's a little weird when the end when they're like, "Well, maybe he was the villain." I'm like, "No, he wasn't." Like, right. you know, it's. Um, but I think we got ahead of ourselves. Maybe we should start more broad. Um, yeah. because I think. Um, okay. Well, uh, in general, what's your so so back in 1999, mm -hmm. this movie comes out. Nobody really likes it. Right. In fact, I remember. Um, I don't know how credible this is, and I don't know if it's true, but in the early days of the internet, right. Uh, so everything had to be taken with a grain of salt. But I remember there was a story that went out on the Internet that at this time um, there was a, a huge lawsuit, uh, one of many, I think, against Philip mm -hmm. Morris. Right. And uh, the same year, the movie The Insider came out um, right. starring Russell Crowe. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, allegedly at the trial, the judge mm -hmm. ordered the jury to not watch The Insider. Because okay. it might influence them on the case. Then he apparently also ordered them not to see House on Haunted Hill. And when the one of the lawyers said, "Well, I understand why we can't, why they shouldn't watch The Insider, but why House on Haunted Hill?" The judge allegedly said, "Because it stinks." <laughs> and um, right. I, I, I guess I want to believe in a world where a judge is funny like that. Um, yeah, yeah. And not horribly corrupt. Right. But um, the uh, and I don't again. I don't know if that's true. But right. I know this. I've never was not... heard that before. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, yeah. I remember it back at the time because uh, it tickled me. I thought it was very right. funny at the time. Um, so this movie was not popular at the time no, when it came no. out. 
Um, it was critically, it was critically panned, I think, except for right. Jeffrey Rush. I think most critics were like, there's Jeffrey Rush. Right. And then the rest of it's not good. Um, yeah, I think, I think, I think the credits would have been a little bit kinder to it. Um, if it had come out a few years later, because, you know, like everybody in this cast is like just on the cusp of, of being popular yeah, or, you know, becoming, you know, famous or, you know, they, or they just, you know, had like one breakout role, you know, like the year before or something. Yeah. And then, um, so I think, I think you're right. I think that the, um, the critics, uh, panned the, the hell out of this except for Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe unfairly, um, right. You know, and I, I, I do think that's true. I mean, when I do uh, watch this movie now, I I, mm-hmm. I I don't know if I, as is usually the case with criti- these reevaluations that happen in the modern era, I, they're usually over overbaked. Right. Um, that I wouldn't call this a classic by any means. Much like 13 Ghosts. I was like, no, it's good. I enjoy right. it. Yeah. I, I had fun with this movie. Um, I always have fun with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it, it, I can't really say it's a good movie i mean there's good aspects of it yeah um but um but it's funny because that's why i wanted to mention like james marsters is i remember our friend nastasia mm-hmm. uh obviously i knew her in 99 we were in high school together right and she calls me uh she goes to see the movie she's all excited to go see the movie because james marsters is in it right from buffy she's a huge buffy fan so she goes she calls me up afterwards she's super she's furious mm-hmm uh and i and she's like he was only in like the first two minutes and he only has like three lines and i went well yeah he's not on any of the promotional material i don't know why you would think he was going to be a big part of it um and that was all over the buffy like fan boards and stuff at the time because i was right looking at all of that um they were all very furious that james marsters was in this movie for two minutes and um it made me laugh uh, Lisa but again, Loeb so, fans went through the same process, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think everybody <laughs> accepted that. You know, I think that they right. were like, "Well, Lisa Loeb's just doing this like little one-off as a, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as a thing." Um, Lisa Loeb, of but course, she gets so, her names in the in the opening credits. I mean, so does James Marsters. Yeah, 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 yeah. They all do. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, she's in there. Um, uh, but she's also uh, she's also a surprise. I think I don't think it, it was really talked about that she was no. in it. Um. The way the Buffy fans would always get excited about any movie that had a Buffy actor in it, right? right. Um, so like James Marshall is going to be in this thing, and so they all were like going to go see it, like <laughs> opening weekend, be like, we're gonna, right. and then find out this guy's not in it. Um, it got and, help if you arrived late to the showing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Where was he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's in it. Um, but yeah, that, I remember that was another thing that like uh, my memory still has of like a lot of people not liking House on the Hills because all the Buffy fans were angry. Um, and then the other uh, like little Buffy connection is, I guess I mentioned Max, Max, uh, Max Perlich, mm-hmm. uh, who plays the technician guy who's at the house. He has his face caved in. Barely right. a character. But he was also really well known for being in Buffy, where, uh, but only in two episodes. Oh. He, um, it was a two-parter, mm-hmm. the season finale of season two of Buffy, um, where he's set up to be a relatively major presence, and then he never comes back. Um, and allegedly, he was supposed to be the first. I, I've never heard this officially, but allegedly, he was supposed to be the first sign of an Angel spinoff, and that he oh, was supposed okay. to be, um, the other guy who was going to be in the Angel spinoff, um, mm-hmm. and. Max Perlich was either uninterested, unavailable, or both. And so they created a uh, Doyle who dressed the same 
as his character mm-hmm. uh it even resembles him a little bit except instead of like a uh kind of brooklyn italian accent it was a, a full-on irish accent ah. um but doyle became a relatively successful character very popular with the series but allegedly max perlich's character was supposed to be that part mm-hmm. um so he had all this stuff that like buffy fans were like doing the leonardo dicaprio meme right they right. were like oh it's max perlich uh, he was Whistler on Buffy and uh, Whistler was not a major character, but everybody thought it kind of really felt like he was going to be, but it right. didn't quite work out that way. But um, so, yeah, there's a little bit of two Buffy, the uh, little Buffy connections here. Right. Um, I don't think Max Perlich gave a shit about Buffy, um, right. but I, I don't know. I never met the man, um, but uh, he's just in this role in this movie for a small role. Mm-hmm. Um to the point that I question why he's even in it, um, right. other than adding a body at one point. But we don't see him killed off. It's not a scare sequence. It's just no. his body uh, provides a scare. Right. I wonder, like, you know, they could have been a... He could have could have given him something, given him a scene yeah. or something. Well, I guess um, there was a lot of deleted scenes in this. I didn't, you know, I, yeah. I have, have the opportunity to, to see any because um, I couldn't find them on YouTube. But... uh did you happen to watch any on the uh, on the disc or? I didn't. I didn't see okay. that many on the uh, on the Blu-ray. Maybe there are. Um, right. Most seems... of what I saw in the special features were interviews with cast and crew. Right. Um, but maybe there are deleted scenes in there. I didn't really look that hard. Okay. But it wouldn't surprise me. Um, right. This movie does feel, at times, feel rushed, and other times, not rushed enough. Um, right. Uh, House on the Hill is an interesting movie in the sense that I think it has a second act problem, mm-hmm. and then just as it actually recovers from the second act problem, it develops a third act problem. Right. So I I found that to be very interesting this time around watching. And I'm going like, yeah, the second act is dragging, and then and gets dumb, right? Dumb because the reveal of the connection to the house is dumb as shit. <laughs> right. Um, and then, uh, but then it turns around and goes back mm-hmm. to the well. It goes back to the original film to take right. some to take the murder plot back. Yeah, and that actually picks things up again for a few minutes. And then, mm-hmm. uh, Stephen throws her throws Evelyn through a wall, and the darkness comes out, and suddenly it's a third act problem. Right. Where um, I'm like, well, wait a minute, why? Yeah, um, it kind of kind of felt like they weren't you know sure as to what they wanted this movie to be. Or, no. Or, yeah. Or, with those decisions because yeah i mean and you know the the original is not a classic by any means either i mean it's it's a cult classic um because of its availability yeah it's remembered um, as a classic yeah right yeah, yeah. And it's it's remembered as a cult classic but i mean it's um it's not like you know a terribly well well-made film or well-plotted film um because i in the original even you know the murder mystery is undercooked as well yeah um, yeah you know it, they talk about it a murder mystery and then they, you know never give any clues or or <laughs> anything like that they just you no know, it's just yeah it. they just yep. they just drop it on you yeah mm-hmm. um other than setting up the the, the concept of um husband and wife are are kind of trying to kill each other right um yeah like the which is a great concept yeah and all these people are pawns in this in this game but that's not really made made clear until the uh the end of the second act in the original film um 
just as it's not in this film it's the same yeah. thing the sec but the the end of the second act they're like okay mm-hmm. murder mystery or murder plot right um um with uh one major notable difference from the original film which is the doctor character is killed off screen right. in the original film um mm-hmm. but yeah uh, what i do appreciate about this film in comparison to the original um since we're talking about remakes and and everything that it does do a really faithful job mm-hmm. of everything everything in the everything from the first movie is in the remake right. but not everything in the remake is in the first movie so it's um it's keeping everything intact mm-hmm. like everything still more or less happens there's no vat of acid in the basement right. but all the characters are there except the caretakers but the caretakers might be ghosts it's not really clear in the original film but right. they're said they're said to be caretakers but at the same time they might be ghosts right um depending on your interpretation of the film um because te- technically there are no ghosts in house on hill except maybe there are right. um but um and one of those things is the caretakers themselves are used for scare bits mm-hmm. uh and they might be ghosts because they don't they pop be, up yeah. again they don't right. pop up at the end in the end uh the the yeah, male yeah. the male carrier does show up to grab nora and tell her like you know come with us before he kills you too mm-hmm. but he doesn't say who that is right um and neither they do not pop up again to uh once the once the reveal is made that we've got a murder plot they don't pop right. up to be like we're part of this team where they don't pop up as part of vincent price's team yeah um uh, they're not involved at all in the last act um so i think that some people might interpret that as they were never really there to begin with um right. but uh again william castle thought of that angle but yeah didn't really care about it um i don't no. think william castle wanted the gimmick right and um and and did a good job with the gimmick the movie's a lot of fun the original mm-hmm. film but um but yeah it's not exactly um the most uh, artful plot right uh you know uh skillfully done plot um but it does it has a lot of fun with what oh, it has for sure. yeah um and then um but then the, the remake does a good job of bringing all the characters are all there they're just they're given mm-hmm. some different names but they're still basically the same they're updated right um for 99 um you know, uh, Jeffrey Rush's Stephen Price. Uh, we know what he does for a living. We don't. We know what his business is. We don't right. know that in the original. Um, it's made pretty clear what his relationship to Evelyn is. Um, how they ended up together. Uh, she was a gold digger. You right. know, um, that's alluded to a little bit in the original film, but not expanded yeah. on. Um, and then the characters are just given are have the same personality. They're just given more relevant jobs. Like, you know, uh, you don't really have test pilots in 1999. Right. You know, at least not in any way that we would accept And a gossip columnist becomes failed reality star. Right. Um, You know, the typist becomes a former personal assistant. Um, And then we have um, the doctor stays the same, but moves from psychiatry to internal medicine. Right. uh, but yeah, other than that, everything's still the same. Uh, Pritchard is expanded mm-hmm. on uh, considerably. He's the only one who keeps his name, too. Watson Pritchard. Right. That's just weird, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's the only one that keeps his name. Um, but, um, and then the basically the plot is more or less the same, except there's more of it. Like, they're mm-hmm. like, well, it's still uh, Evelyn and uh, and her lover are trying to right. gaslight 
someone at the party into shooting Stephen Price. Right. So that he's dead. Um, and he's aware of that and is trying to outmaneuver them. However, that does not become the ultimate plot of the film like it does in the original. Because the original right. ends with him killing them both yeah. and saying, I'm going to go turn myself into the police right. and we'll see what happens. Um, but I knew they were trying to kill me. So this whole party was a gambit. It was all right. me like setting them up so that I knew they'd make their move and then mm-hmm. I could outwit them. This movie, because of the, it would work in that respect and in fact might make Stephen a little bit more deserving of his final fate right. if that were the case. But instead they do the, we're the relatives of the survivors of the original Fire in 31, including uh, Price and his wife. Right. Which means that they somehow got married having this connection it's um, ludicrous i mean yeah it's it's a bit much or uh or the ghost somehow hired peter graves to mm. make a uh make a little commercial to convince right. her to have their party at the because it just so happens she chooses mm-hmm. to have her party at the house on hill where right. a relative of hers apparently survived a fire in 31 she has no idea mm-hmm. um and that she married a guy who also was related to another survivor <laughs> right. um and uh and i would i would buy it if it weren't them like if they had just said yeah. if they had added one or even included pritchard and added one more character or just said mm-hmm. three survivors right. um or four survivors and it was just the other four characters i'd buy that to a degree right. but they have to go ahead and say that it's all of them and then i go well that doesn't make any sense yeah if it was just um, like the guests you know um, yeah and they didn't have that you know scene where the the uh the house gets on the internet and changes the uh the names of everybody on the guest list yeah um yeah it didn't need to be there silly silly business yeah it, it could have just as easily it's it's up there with we said last week with like when we if you track this at all you're like well right how is cyrus criticos going to reconcile um his fake death right. with you know immortal power um you know when everybody thinks he's dead how is he going to turn around and say well no i'm not dead um right uh but i have a machine that sees the future now um but it's it's you know the whole gambit and the whole thing just kind of doesn't make sense um house on a hill has the same problem yeah where it's like well they're all connected to the house and i'm like no they're not and the movie doesn't even really bring it up again like i said it's the point where the movie thuds to it it thuds you can hear it thud Right. When they're like, they find the picture and they're talking about it. And then it cuts to um, Blackburn waking up Evelyn. And that's mm-hmm. a great scene. And we're like, and then we're given a little bit of a, you know, the murder mystery plot. And it saves the second act. Right. Because it helps us forget that stupid, stupid <laughs> right. idea. Um, and it only gets really brought up again at the very, very end where, you know, it, it goes to kill Eddie. Right. And Eddie says he was adopted. Um, right. Um, up until that point, uh, those are the only two times that plot ever becomes relevant. Right to the point that I don't know why they didn't cut it. I don't know. Um, but because this movie feels again like much like Thirteen Ghosts, as as uh, Raymond Carver would say, it should have been taken to the typewriter one more time. Right. Um, that somebody probably should have flagged that problem in pre-production i think but yeah um as a you know uh, you know and this is why i say sometimes i think writers and and directors need someone to say no because you need somebody to read this and go wait a minute that doesn't make any sense right um 
but I think uh, somebody thought they were incredibly clever with the ending with you know um the one guy being adopted and you know um uh what was her character's name Sarah Sarah um, Sarah not being who she said she, she was either she was. right yeah. yeah that the two of the so two survivors actually had nothing to do with it yeah right but technically neither did Miss Mars yeah or Stephen Price or Evelyn mm-hmm. really none of them did right. they were they were random apparently um you know all brought together by contrived coincidence um that uh you know to say it doesn't matter they're not related to the house because nobody deserves to be there anyway like just because they're related to somebody that was a bad person um that's what i mean it just would have made more sense if it was just like uh if stephen price was like i picked a group of people that i could you know, we both pick people we could try to dupe in our little yeah, game, yeah. Of, game of human chess. Uh, and it turns out the house is really haunted. Um, mm-hmm. And now we're actually now Stephen Price could still be could be considered a bad guy because he got people killed. Right. Um, versus like, well, apparently this was going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so his his party doesn't didn't put anybody in danger as much as like they were coming anyway. Right. Um, but also ask the question like why now? Um, yeah. you know, uh, you know, why did it wait this long to have people over to kill them? Um right. you know, it's it's all really kind of dumb. And yeah. um and it doesn't track, and that's what I mean, is that like there's a there's definitely some some script problems here. Oh for um, sure. and um the dialogue doesn't exactly, you know, snap, crackle, and pop either. But mm-hmm. um, the actors are are game, yeah. Um, but yeah, what do you what do you, what were your thoughts overall of the film? I've talked for a while now. Um, you know, it's I I like that it's um uh, it's aware of what it is and it doesn't really strive to be a whole lot more than that. Um, you know, it's it you know shows at the beginning you know a roller coaster and that's what this thing's trying to be. It's just a, a roller coaster ride of a film where you you know as much as I did you know kind of detest when people overuse this it's like you know shut your brain off and just enjoy the movie um this is this is exactly that kind of film yeah where um you know you're getting what's advertised uh you know on the tin and you're you know you're you're having a good time with it um i think it's mostly successful in that you know until you start to you know really you know pick apart you know the plot or think about the ludicrous you know um ghost plan uh, of it all um but i quite enjoyed it um i liked uh pretty much all the cast I, i'm not a huge fan of uh chris Catan, but uh he was fine in this i, I, I was gonna I, say that yeah i kind of i kind of dislike chris Catan in general but i did detest him in this so it's uh-huh. Yeah, this movie is to me. He's a little like, much in a few places, but uh, yeah. So he gets he gets a little close, but honestly, mm-hmm. I, I I there's seven words I never thought I'd say is Chris Kattan is pretty good in this, right? Um, yeah. you know, uh, or I think Chris Kattan is actually pretty good in no, that's eight words. Yeah, I guess I was right the first time, but right. um, but yes, Chris Kattan is actually pretty good in this, and right. um, and considering that a guy who's who's made his career to be as obnoxious as possible, right. um. Uh, although I will say probably one of the things I've, I've never seen the movie Corky Romano, but the trailer of Corky Romano, um, 
Yes, but there's one bit in that trailer that has always made me laugh every single time. And it's him as dressed as a Girl Scout going, hey, you guys want some cookies? And it makes me laugh every time. It's the stupidest thing, but it makes me laugh every, every time. Um, But it's uh, it's something about the delivery or the visual. It's if for whatever reason, it just makes me laugh. But I actually really like him in this. I think yeah, he's actually he's, giving a great performance in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point that great, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's doing job done. You know, yeah, quite really, is quite it? Well. Okay. What you know? What? Where does he lose you specifically? Um, when he tries to go broad and comedic with it, I think um, if he was like you know, just a little more reined in in a couple of scenes. Um, you know, they obviously let him, you know, do his own thing and encouraged him to, you know, go off script and, and you know, mm. ad lib and stuff. But like, I feel like sometimes it is a little bit too jokey. Like this guy should be like, you know, scared out of his mind the entire time. And he's, you know, yeah, I, I would argue he's doing some more subtle work in that. In yeah, the, in, in uh, a lot of the spots, but there's some yeah. spots where I think, you know, it, it gets too like uh, for lack of a better term, like, you know, Marvel with it where it's like, you know, terrible thing happened let's make a joke you know yeah um, i mean he's a little, a little bit of that yeah i guess yeah. there is a little of that um but i think they needed a comic relief character and right. i think that what i think where maybe that disconnect is happening is i don't think chris katan is playing one right um and so a lot of his like one-off his one-liners aren't i don't know if they're really delivered as one-liners they they there's right. a disconnect i think happening between mm-hmm. him and the script where i think he's actually trying to go someplace right um and it's one of the few times i've ever seen him act um where he's actually developed the character and is discussing it uh i think the he owns the first act i think in this movie um yeah yeah, as as good as jeffrey i mean jeffrey rush obviously is doing jeffrey rush Mm -hmm. the whole film but a lot of chris katan gets we've talked about this many times the the unlucky role of the exposition um And uh, the two character or two characters that get it in this movie, one is Chris Kattan is doing most of it, and then there's right. one scene with Evelyn. Yeah. Um, and um, she can't really. She doesn't. She goes too far in that scene. Um, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about Famke Johnson because she's phenomenal too. But right. Um, but yeah, I think Kattan in the in the first act is doing such a, an excellent job of turning his manic energy into something very different than what it normally is. Right. Um, where he he's anxious to get out because he knows it's, you know, people are going to die. Um, right. But uh, throughout the film, there are little moments where um, I noticed this time around specifically where he has sympathy for like uh, Stephen Price mm-hmm. because he knows Stephen Price is innocent. Um, you know, uh, right. you know, when they lock him up, and he's like, I'm not comfortable with this. Um, and you're right. Maybe he plays that scene a little too comedic. Um, right. But, you know, after she shoots him, thinks she's killed him, Allie Larder kills him. He says, poor Mr. Price. And they're like, fuck Mr. Price. And he's, and he's like, yeah, well, I know he didn't actually kill anybody. Right. The ghost did it. I know the ghost did it. Um, you know, actually, he hasn't really hurt anybody at all mm-hmm. in this movie, uh, except his wife, his right. treacherous, murderous wife um is the only person he certainly now i'm not saying not advocating that you you should you should throw your bitchy wife through a wall but right um she did she was plotting to kill him um 
so i mean she's if there if this movie has a villain it's evelyn but um oh for sure yeah but i mean uh but katan in, in particular i think is is giving something um i would have thought out of his range right um and so maybe that's where maybe that's where we differ maybe i'm more impressed by um by a the lower parts, bar. the parts where the parts yeah. where he does hit hit the mark yeah know? yeah or that maybe just like I've got a lower bar in my head, maybe than you do. I don't, I don't, I don't know. think that is. But I just, I, uh, you're focusing in on the parts where he hit the he hit the mark right, and I'm I'm kind of like like yeah. But there were these other parts where he did. No, and I agree, I think I do agree with that. Right. And in fact, I think it's partially part of the part of the problem I have with this movie is that. But um, I think when he hits, he hits. I mean, he, yeah, he, yeah. Because I would argue he's the second most he's the second most interesting character in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second and third act does want to relegate him to sitting there. Right. Um, but um, to the point, but the thing is that this movie, I like this character. I like him in it. And mm-hmm. um, it bugs me that they're so shitty to him through most of the movie. Right. Um, it doesn't make our heroes that heroic. They're, they're kind of yeah. unnecessarily mean to him. Now, in fairness to them, he does spend most of the movie moping right. and bitching. And not really providing any uh, any help of any kind, although he does, they force him into it. But right, um, he's not offering any solutions on his own. Um, so I mean, in fairness to that, but they do they were picking on him from the word go. Mm-hmm. Um, now one of them we find out is actually a co-conspirator in a murder. Right. Um, but um, there's not an awful lot of reason for like Tay Diggs to be like you know slapping his drink out of his hand and you know ali larder yelling at him uh it's it's a little bit bullying (laughs) i i liked i liked though that tay diggs you know slapped the drink out of his hand and like everyone in the room was like dude what the fuck yeah back it down a little yeah right there were a couple of moments like that in this film that i really liked that show real actor choices um the other thing i i always struck me about it is um and again chris katan's the first one to do it Mm-hmm. is everybody takes the presence of a firearm very seriously in this movie. Right. Um, and um, I like those moments where uh, they pull out the guns and Chris Kattan goes, oh, Jesus Christ, and leaves the room. Yeah. Um, when Evelyn points a gun at Stephen, um, Eddie goes, whoa, like All you're right. pointing a loaded gun at his head. Like, you know, yeah. uh, and then when Price pulls it on everybody, even uh, Peter Gallagher has the oh, put that away. Right. You know, like a sad kind of like, please put the gun away. Like the gun isn't going to make this better. Um, You know, everybody has a response. Allie Larder originally doesn't want one. She won't take one. She's a, she, you know, uh, and then Tate Diggs takes it from her and carefully points it down, you know, cocks it and carefully puts it away. They all take the presence of a firearm very seriously. Very serious. Yeah. And we don't see that often in movies. Usually they just start waving that shit around. Right. Uh, what they do in the first one, in fact, yeah, like yeah. when they hand out guns, everybody's like, yeah, whatever. Right. Um, in fact, the riff tracks of, of it makes the joke when he fires one off right mm-hmm. next to his wife's head and Bill Corbett right. goes, sorry about the hearing, darling. <laughs> like, um, you know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, they just don't mind running around with guns in the first movie. Right. In this movie, that's like, mm, this is actually it's pretty serious. Deal, business. Right. Yeah. Uh, you don't see that very often. Yeah. Uh, where characters are going to take the, the gun seriously. But um, I think that's what a lot of Katan is doing in this movie is there's a lot of nice little subtle bits right? where um, where you normally wouldn't see him do subtle. 
Um, yeah. but I, it's up for me, it's up there with, um, uh, uh, the guy from Scream, Matthew Lillard in Great. 13 Ghosts, which was another like, I'm using my comedic chops for dramatic purpose, right. and that fascinates me. Um, you know, what kind but, of annoyed me, um, was and this wasn't really the movie, this was when I was looking into it um, earlier today. Um, I was looking up looking at some reviews of it, and there was like a couple of people like said that, like, um, Chris Catan's character was exactly the same as Matthew Lillard's character. I'm like, that's they're not the same at all. Both, no, other than they're, other, they're like both a, comic relief, but that's yeah. outside of that, they're completely different. Yeah, and, other than being the exposition character who's right. bringing a lot, who's whose job it is to bring a certain nervous manic energy to the yeah. narrative, um, they don't actually have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah. Um, but people are like, "Oh, this is the same character." Like, that's not even close to the same character. No, <laughs> they're playing very differently. Um, right. uh, also, Catan is playing uh, far more cowardly. Yeah, than uh, than Matthew Lillard's character. Um, Matthew it's, Lillard starts off, you know, mercenary, and you know the Chris Catan starts off as you know the cowardly lion. You know, yeah, and 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 their their arcs are totally different. Catan right. doesn't really. Catan only really offers help when pushed into it. Um, right. The prior point of Dennis's character in Thirteen Ghosts was when he figures out who he's dealing with, he mm-hmm. actually does a redemption arc. He's trying right. to help them. If anything, Jeffrey Rush has that arc in this movie. Yeah. Um, where the last act is mostly him trying to save everybody who's left. Um, right. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. I I can see a connection being made. Um, right. You know, right. in the sense that they're both approaching it with the same sort of. I'm gonna. I'm bringing a lot of energy to the part. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm the energy I'm famous for. Right. You know, I'm a character actor. I bring this type of energy to it. Um, but other than that, yeah, there's not a lot in common. Um, you know, right. they both have exposition. Um, but I mean, you could yeah. argue any exposition character is the same it's as the that. Same. Right. You're gonna make that connection. Um, but yeah, it's just a lot of energy. But no, I don't think they. Uh, Catan never becomes a a, a real presence either. In fact, right. the narrative kind of forgets about him. Um, yeah. whereas as as we talked about last time, you know. The character of Dennis sort of ends up becoming kind of the main character of this thing, even though right. of that movie, even though Arthur is the main character, uh, the movie becomes more about Dennis than it does, ever does about Arthur. So right. it's it's a weird. I could see a connection being made, but I, yeah, I don't I don't get that otherwise. It's just it's just something weird I saw online, <laughs> like from a couple of different reviewers. I'm like, what is what is going on? You know, it's just yeah. And like, are yeah. they seeing stuff that I'm not like, or yeah? And wouldn't that be a criticism? Stupid? Wouldn't that be a criticism towards Matthew Lillard's character because Matthew Lillard's character came after? Yeah, um, you would think. Yeah, um, it's kind of weird that anybody would say that because this movie was two years prior, right? Thirteen Ghosts. So, if anything, that would. Well, I was be... looking. I was looking to see because I was looking at like more recent reviews to see. Oh. Because you know now it's getting this reevaluation and you know becoming more of a cult classic and you know, yeah. So I wanted to see like more recent reviews than than the ones at the time, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's. I mean, again, that's a weird, a weird direction to go in because like, uh, even if it were true, this one right. came first. So right. that criticism. Well, I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying it was. A, it was a criticism of of the film. Oh. Like it was just. 
just like something some you know a couple of people have said that like they're these are both the same characters like no they're not it's not they feel it, they it feel, wasn't it yeah. wasn't levied at one of the other films it was just like oh. you know, some people would be like observation you know about it it's like no yeah i wouldn't yeah i mean like i said i can see a basic connection being I made mean, if you're and, gonna say that yeah. then you're gonna have to say that you know these uh, 13 ghosts and house on hunted hill are the exact same movie because yes yeah. right is is randy and scream the same character right because it's kind of the same character i mean it's manic energy you know a character right. actor known for manic energy delivering an awful lot of exposition um you know it's it's actually a pretty common trope really yeah i mean like um but no i, I mean i could see the connection being made that both these films were made you know roughly by you know the same had the same general idea about how right. they were going to approach the film and you have two actors who are giving that energy but yeah yeah i don't know uh, i wouldn't call the characters to be that similar um right you know watson pritchard um is a little less sympathetic is both more and less sympathetic, I mm-hmm. think, in the sense that Dennis um, was somewhat responsible for what's happening in the film. This movie, Chris Kattan's character is just, you know, Watson Pritchard is just like renting the house. Yeah. You know, um, but he's the Airbnb host, you know? Yeah. He just wants his money. Right. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever related to a, uh, a character more in one moment than um, I want to get my money right now. Right. Uh, and then uh, he says, like, even if I give you a million as well, and he's like, I wouldn't have to do with it all. And it starts right. to walk away. And I'm like, I love this guy. That's me yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, I would be like, you know what? I'll take my money and I'm leaving. Right. Um, I don't give a shit about your wealthy party thing. You know, he's like, I'll give you a million dollars. I don't know what to do with a million dollars. I wonder how much he was getting th- for the house. Like 20 grand. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you would think he was if he'd give you got the same million as everybody else, but uh, I, I doubt that. I think he got cheaped out. And well, no, because he offers to give him a million, he stays. Well, an additional yeah. million. I mean, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe he did get a million dollars just to rent it, but yeah, right. Uh, I mean, because my my understanding was like the the million was offered, you know, on top of what he was already getting paid. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering how much if it was a million dollars to rent the house right. if it was just like twenty grand, but. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe it was, uh, I believe it was less, uh, yeah. and that went that he still rejects it because it's not worth dying for. Right. Um, however, you could then make the argument if he knows everyone's going to die, why rent mm-hmm. the house, you know? Um, but maybe he has, you know, but he has that wonderful bit where he talks about his family too. And I, I, I love yeah. that, uh, you know, they're like, did not, you know, how your grandfather and father died. And he goes, well, uh, grandfather did build the house uh but he died in his sleep in miami mm-hmm. right. uh there's something about that delivery of that line that uh really works for me um and then he's like well yeah and then my dad did die here and then later on says but the house you know and then you know he says well there's something they're like what about the mechanism why wasn't that disabled it was, it was all my dad's list of things the house did him first <laughs> um right and they're like what do you mean and he's like i lied all right yeah we're all gonna die like it, the house killed my father it's gonna kill us all um but yeah, he brings a lot of uh, of misplaced rage in the film too, and I, I just right. really dig the dig the performance. I dig the character. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I think that he's doing career best work here. Right. Um, and you might even agree with that too, because like again, that bar is 
might be kind of low. is pretty low for me, too, but, uh, yeah, I, I, but yeah. And to be fair, I haven't seen him in a whole lot of movies. Um, yeah. I, I saw him on Saturday Night Live, and I'm like, that's 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 enough. Thank that you. was sufficient. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. No, I get that. I mean, like I said, his his entire bit was uh, obnoxious. That right. was his. That was his. You know, role. Yeah. And you yeah. either found that funny or you didn't. Um, right. But this movie, he he's bringing a little bit more um, performance to him. I think. Yeah, that, he's he's uh, definitely not playing. You know the same character he played on Saturday Night Live, but right. I'll give him credit for that. Um, yeah, I think he put some real thought into Watson right. Pritchard, and yeah. um, and I respect that. I, I think that he's uh, he's coming yeah. into this as an actor, not a comedian, and right. um, and I think they maybe may, might kind of strong arm him a little bit into comedy, um, mm-hmm. but because you know, I guess I think you're right. There are moments that are definitely kind of played for laughs that maybe feel a little out of place, right. um. But like uh, hitting on Evelyn for one, that that moment is kind yeah. of falls flat, um, you know. But I do. But at the same time, like the, shortly before that, the you know out of booze thanks to you ass. Like you right. know, I like that line. I think he deals yeah. that. Um, you know his his anger and uh, I don't want to play a ball with any of this. I just want to sit here and drink, right. um, which would be my response to the problem too, more than likely. Yeah. I mean, like we're locked in here until dawn, you know, and we know the place is, you know, and he knows the place is haunted. It'd be like, I'm just going to get wasted. Yeah. Running around in the dark. What else do you have basement. to do? Yep. Yeah. Running right. around in the basement doesn't seem to do us any good, but he only goes because yeah. they keep pushing him into it. You know, where they, they keep yelling at him. So obviously right. he's going to do it. But um, although he does, I guess, save the day at the end, his ghost. Right. Um, it bugs me that he dies. I don't, yeah. I don't think he should die in that movie. I think he should have lived. What right. do you think? Um, for a movie with you know it, it feels like it has a low body count, but it actually you know a lot of people die in it. Um, I, yeah, it, it all, didn't, yeah, yeah, it didn't feel right that he died in this. You know, he was too. He wasn't. I think it's something with the feel of this film, um, both in the original and and in this remake, where it feels like you know like an old EC comic where like, you know, people are getting what they deserve. Right. Um, he didn't deserve it. Um, right. The way a lot of the other people, you know, may have in, in certain ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, again, that's not, that's not everybody. I mean, you know, not everybody, you know, died, or died, deserved it either. Yeah. But yeah, I feel kind of bad for, for his character dying in this, even if that was the only way that he could, you know, save the day or whatever yeah yeah i see i think i think the problem is is that he dies where he does um right. uh, he's he's almost killed off in a manner that made me think they forgot to kill him in the earlier in the film right um because he dies suddenly suddenly um yeah. you know and it doesn't establish anything because we saw it happen to evelyn already so uh it's just like kind of like well we forgot to kill him so right. we have to kill him uh but i think at that point it would have been like well not, why bother you could have just had yeah. him live um or Adam, you know, give him the death that Stephen Price did and give him a heroic death, right. um, you know, pushing somebody out of the way or something. But I feel like if they had killed him in the second act, mm-hmm. um, it may have had some weight. Um, and right. I think it might have worked better. Um, even the, the pop up at the end where he where uh, he saves the day as a ghost uh, right. might have even had more of an effect if we had forgotten about him. Yeah. Um, that he's involved. But um 
you know, I remember it's one of the other things I remembered from William Malone's commentary track from years ago when I watched mm-hmm. it was uh, the point of that was supposed to be Pritchard not accepting his role in the house's legacy. Right. That he's, uh, you know, uh, and that they add, kind of added it to be kind of more like uh, to be a heroic moment for the character. Right. Um, I'm not sure it was necessary, I, but mm-hmm. I do think that that's what I mean is I feel like almost maybe you could have bumped him off in the second act. Right. Um, and around, you know, they kill up Miss Ma- Ms. Mars. Um, they could have killed him shortly thereafter. Um, he'd done his job. Right. You know, um, and that's the other thing, like, you know, looking back at the original film, you know, Richard lives to the end and like, it's like, Why? <laughs> they all do still here yeah yeah right um but especially his character being the believer in the ghosts and everything like that like his whole purpose at the end is to to do the monologue you know of of you know okay the ghosts are coming for me and then they're coming for you yeah and, and then it goes to the end you know it's 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 not a better you know end for this character's story than in this that's for sure yeah yeah uh yeah i mean he doesn't they all live in the original film. I mean, the, right. the original film doesn't isn't interested in in bumping people yeah, off. Body count, right? Yeah, it's interested in the in ultimately the murder mystery aspect right. at the end of it. Um, like you said, the EC, EC Comics fashion, right. you know, uh, the the ironic comeuppance that's usually very mm-hmm. human. It's not a supernatural event. Um, whereas this movie is like, well, we need to have a supernatural event, right? So. Um, and I'm fine with that. I just, I feel like, um, I do feel like the murder aspect should have been more front and center. Yeah. Um, and I think it should have been the justification for the party. Right. I mean, like it, um, and I think that would have worked, but that's what I mean is that also, you know, Richard getting killed off also may have uh, uh, fixed some of the second second act problems as well because mm-hmm. we spend a little bit too much time in the second act convincing the characters that something supernatural is happening right that i almost feel like killing off pritchard would have been like well maybe he's on to something um right. you know the but i think he accomplished what he needed to accomplish relatively early in the first act mm-hmm. uh he does the exposition he provides us with an interesting character he does a couple of one-liners sitting in the parlor um you know, during that, you know, instead of a uh, montage with um, um, orgy playing in the right. background, uh, you know, maybe we could have had his death scene. Right. Um, you know, they. I love, by the way, that they that the first time we have to, we have to watch every moment of these characters wandering through the house, and the second time they just montage it. Right. Um, they're like, okay, I'm gonna go downstairs look for Ms. Mars, I guess, and they're like, okay, orgy's gonna play. Right. And we're gonna run around down there. That is orgy, right? Am I remembering my '90s electronica uh, industrial I, I bands I properly? I didn't pick it up. Uh, whatever, whatever the song no. it was. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure I, it was I'm, the band Orgy. Yeah. I mean, I know they did "Sweet Dreams Are Made of These." You know. But well, that was Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, twice. Twice. Yeah. They're, twice. They're definitely movie. getting definitely getting their money out of uh, out of that, that licensing. Song. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, According to you know the trivia on IMDb, like uh, Marilyn Manson was considered for the role of the Doctor. I'm like that doesn't sound true, but um, but then again, who knows at the time? Who knows? Uh, at that time, yeah, we we definitely wouldn't be covering the film if he was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, 
No, Peter Gallagher was the right, the same way, was right. right for that role. Um, you know, Peter Gallagher was, um, like you mentioned, like Peter Gallagher was another actor that um, he actually was really well known in independent cinema. Um, oh. He did a lot of work prior. Um, right. And uh, but he had never really been in any breakout films um right. or he'd maybe been in a few but um he I was take so that back. Of, I, yeah. I screwed up it was marilyn manson was considered for the role of the the evil doctor uh jeffrey cobb's character oh uh, okay uh yeah realized as soon as i said it that it was that was i was wrong um, oh okay remembering the evil it. doctor oh. character okay yeah, yeah um yeah his name was vanicott dr vanicott right yeah jeffrey combs um right. uh kind of kind of wasted in this film um right. but he's doing some good spooky work you know yeah yeah you know they have him do the backward walk thing mm-hmm. you know it's always a good effect um right you know it uh it always works he's featured more prominently in the sequel i believe um right. which i i did see but i couldn't tell you a single thing about it except jeffrey combs is in it i thought um, he played a different character in the sequel i thought he played one of the living people in the sequel um, no he's he's okay. vanicott uh it's um, oh, okay yeah if memory serves the sequel is more like it's like hellraiser hellworld kind of thing like he's just right. running around he's like a freddy krueger character like running around bumping them all off while See, they look for money yeah on, D- on dvd with the uh the choose your adventure thing and i played through it like once and i'm like okay this this movie's not interesting enough to do this again <laughs> wait, wait wait what there they had it was the gimmick of the sequel was um on the dvd like you could choose like you know what the characters did in certain spots and it would it would branch off and yeah it was it was okay. definitely a definitely an idea they had that was returned um, to house return to house on a hill was that was uh, the yeah yeah okay if i, I saw it on max i mean it didn't have that option right all right huh i, I did not know that i believe that was the case um I'm looking up right now to make sure I'm not thinking of another film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, it certainly sounds true. I mean, right. like, you know, I, but I'm interested now if that is the case, because um, that would, I think might make me like it better. I right. mean, like, I don't know, but uh, the know. film was designed for use with navigational cinema technology, which allows the viewer to choose between two ways the story can go at certain times within the film. Ultimately, featuring ninety-six different story possibilities. Oh, wow! That's so they had to film a lot of shit for this. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say that's a sh- kind of a shame that that movie did nothing because right. uh, that's a lot of effort put into something that ultimately didn't work. But yeah, I appreciate the I appreciate <laughs> the uh, the gimmick uh, for yeah yeah I but, appreciate the gimmick that that's William Castle. Yeah, right yeah. there. Um, but I don't yeah. remember the film being good at all, so I don't. No, I don't either. I don't remember anything about the film except right. Jeffrey Combs was in it, um, right. and that he killed a couple of people off. Um, and it's something about the plot was like looking for money or something. The characters were breaking into the house. Okay. And then, oh yeah, that's right. There was, um, yeah, like the main characters are going into the house to like look for something, and um, a group of thieves show up, and it's a, there's a double cross, and the thieves right. are looking for money, and they hold the regular characters hostage um something to that effect right uh, oh there's a yeah a doctor it was sort of like I remember, <laughs> it's coming back to me now uh yeah i think there's a doctor who brings his students mm-hmm. uh to uh one of whom he's sleeping with he brings them to the house 
for some sort of paranormal research thing. And then it turns out the girl he's sleeping with is actually in with a bunch of thieves who use uh. his access to break into the house so they can find uh, some money that's hidden right. there, or some sort of treasure that's in there somewhere. Um, and he's, you know, shocked and appalled right. that his, his girlfriend's not his girlfriend, but actually was using him to get into the house. And then Jeffrey Combs starts killing people off. Um, and other ghost stuff happens. Right. Um, but I don't really remember any specifics. That's the, that's the best I can remember. Um, I might watch it. Right. Yeah. I might watch it. If it's still on max, I might watch it after we're done here. Um, right. just cause I'm curious to that or fear.com, but I mean, like, you know, <laughs> right. Um, but I don't intend to do anything else of use tonight. So maybe that'll be what I'll do. Uh, right. but, but yeah, I mean, it's, um, I, I, Combs being in this is certainly gives it horror cred. Um, yeah. But um, he doesn't do Do much, much you know, Um, which is why, again, I'm like, you know, the darkness aspect. I mean, you could have you had Jeffrey Combs right there. He doesn't even really Um, have any lines. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he does talk. He does have the one one thing uh, that Mm -hmm. I guess is supposed to be him. But right. um, It doesn't sound like him. It doesn't have that traditional Jeffrey Combs. uh, every, well, every yeah. time they they feature any of the evil doctors or, or, or orderlies from the past talking, they they put so many layers of you know sound effects on it that it's hard to tell who's speaking. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, so he might have had some lines, but you know, yeah, who knows? It. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't dubbed over him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, maybe. Uh, but I mean, that's what I. But that's kind of what I mean is that like you know you could have had, you know, him as big bad. Right. You know, and it might have actually worked a little bit better than some vague like kaleidoscope or shack test. Yeah. yeah, running around. Um, you know, the CGI and, really isn't shaving this one because I mean, mm. the rest of the rest of the effects work is really really good. There's some really great practical stuff going on. In this yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. And then um, the CGI comes and it's just you know, and we'll we'll be talking about CGI next episode for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> God. Um, oh my God! Yes. Um. Yeah, no, that one's um so far afield right. of uh of, of from the original, which is one of the things I do appreciate about this one was mm-hmm. like I said, it's all there. Yeah. Um all they did was add to the original film. Um but the uh, and give it a little bit more of an actual supernatural event than uh inferred supernatural events because right. the original film does have a couple things in it that aren't quite explained by um either party's uh gaslighting aren't right. you know the uh reporter gets a uh goop like blood on her hand and they're like it's the ghosts of Mark Dew and they're like oh the ceiling's leaking but that's never like attributed to right either of the married couple the piano playing by itself is never attributed to either of them mm-hmm. there are things in it that kind of do suggest there are ghosts in the house right. on the hill um but they never extrapolate on it or really use it because yeah. ultimately it's supposed to be easy comics like you said right. um this film they're just like no we're gonna go there um but i'm like but then they have to go further with it like oh well, right the darkness is coming and i'm like who needs darkness we just yeah just have a cool ghost right or you no know, uh or you if know, you're gonna do the whole you know darkness you know this all of a sudden there's some eldritch horror in, involved in this like you gotta set that up a little bit better you gotta you know yeah, you could have just had you know 
oh you know dr miss dr evilhead or whatever his name is um, yeah you know was trying to i don't know insert the plot of from beyond you know yeah in, in there or something yeah yeah no i agree um but yeah i mean he would have made a better end villain right. than the darkness um Especially since they went ahead and used this head there anyway. I mean, yeah. like it, it could have just been uh evil ghost, you right. know, uh he's so evil that he's, you know, become the ghost. Or yeah, or have something about, you know, how like this the house is so, you know, tainted by, you know, all these evil acts that it's, you know, the evil's becoming its own entity. Like it seemed like they were they were trying to go for like, you know, this there's some demonic force behind everything. It's like, well, this doesn't make a lot of sense with what you set up so far. Yeah. Yeah. And the idea that like the ghosts apparently want the relatives of those who survive to come back and kill them right. because they were all bad people. Um, that's the ghosts, right? Yeah. Not like an ancient evil. Um, right. You know, um, we don't need an ancient evil. I guess that just was supposed to be even worse, I guess, than, right. than ghosts. But uh, you had a perfectly good, you know, ghost, evil ghost doctor played by yeah. a horror legend. Um, right. And you, yeah. you didn't use him enough. Yeah. Didn't use him at all. Really. You had a right. couple scenes of him walking backwards. You know, he didn't really, yeah. uh, he didn't bump anybody off. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that would have been maybe better if they did. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, uh but yeah jeffrey gomes is a little bit wasted in this um mm -hmm. i think um uh the only one i think is miscast um and this isn't necessarily this isn't meant to be like a criticism of ali larder but mm -hmm. um a couple moments of this film they refer to her as if like like uh, evelyn even calls her a virgin right and stuff and i'm like ali larder is a femme fatale Right. Like it, I know you want to. There, like you can put her, give her a ponytail and some bangs, and like a, a high neck sweater. But I still think she she is too uh, sassy. She's too worldly. Yeah. Uh, to come across as virginal or or naive. Um, that you know, I I do feel like she's a little miscast. Um, I think she does a fine job with what she's given, but right. Um, She's one of my main criticisms of this film uh, in, mm -hmm. in the sense that I don't buy um, Sarah as, you know, she, and I know she's supposed to be originally putting on a performance. Right. Um, but I also, I dig that conceit. I love the yeah. idea of her. Like oh, I stole my former boss's invitation. So I come get a million dollars. Like I'm right. like, that's great. Yeah. Um, do more with that. That's a fantastic right. character development, a character concept. Um. I also like, uh, you know, Tay Diggs's former. Tay Diggs is doing, player. yeah, yeah, doing um, good work here. Yeah, no, he's he's a, he's a, always been a, a a really decent leading man, mm -hmm. um, right? And I think he he's um, and I appreciate that they didn't, you know, the movie didn't make Tay Diggs the stock, you know, black character either. Yeah, no, he's actually quite uh, quite intelligent. He's right. uh, he's an athlete uh, and not a basketball player. Right, he's a baseball player. Uh, the only thing this movie does to Tay Diggs that he didn't deserve was there's a, a racist comment made by Evelyn um, in uh, which they talk about who's going to shoot Price. Right. And she calls him um, uh, Puff Eddie. 
Right. Um, I forgot you know, about that. Yeah. Uh, and she that calls was a little bit, Yeah. And it's like, it, a little bit much. we know she's evil yeah. and whatever, right. but, um, but they, they had to go there in the script that like, well, yeah. obviously the guy who's going to shoot Stephen Price is the black guy right. who is going to be compared to a rapper. Um, yeah. And no, again, like you said, to the film's credit, they could have made him a rapper. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. They could have made him a basketball player. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. could have made him a lot of things. Uh, and they made know. him the final guy too. You know, yeah. that doesn't happen. He lived. Either. Yep. He lived. Yeah. He lives through the film. He's, he's its nominal hero. Um, right. You know, him and Sarah sh- kind of share the uh, protagonist role. Um, but yeah, he's, he's good in it. I do like him. Uh, I've always liked Tay Diggs, though. I don't think I've right. seen him in anything that I was like, you know what? I didn't like Tay Diggs in this. Um, fine actor, um, but uh, and he does he does good work here, um, good mm-hmm. physical work. Um, right. His fight with Jeffrey Rush is actually pretty good. The two of them do a pretty good job of, and I don't think it's that many that much in the way of stuntmen. I think they're mostly doing some of the physical work themselves. Right. Um, a lot of close ups in that scuffle. Yeah. Uh, that I do feel like the two of them probably, you know did a little bit of their own work there. And I think that's, right. that's really cool. I think that's admirable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Diggs is, uh, is a very believable hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I love Bridget Wilson, right. you know, um, uh, uh, she's, uh, I, I like that they pulled her from, um, you know, whatever uh, movie she was going to mar- uh, menace Mary Kate Nashley Olsen in, um, <laughs> you know, she's, Right. She was always known for that. She's another character actor. Um, she's uh, she's always was known for playing kind of bitchy stepmoms and right. uh, you know evil teachers or what have you in a lot of kids movies. I think she did mm-hmm. a lot of that. She was Sonya Blade. Right. Um, I actually was looking her up um, uh, while watching this movie, and I did find out that sadly uh, she has been diagnosed with ovarian cancer uh, oh, about okay. a month ago. So, uh, Ms. Sampras Wilson, if you are listening, uh, we're pulling for you here at the, at the, yes. at the devil's ball, yep. but, um, and, uh, but yeah, no, I think she's, uh, I like her. I've always enjoyed her work. Um, she's right. another, and again, in, in typical, uh, character actor fashion, she, she's not showing a lot of range, but she doesn't have to, no. um, you know, uh, and she, she nails some pretty, uh, she she nails some anti uh, anti uh comic relief like right. awkward comic relief where she says the wrong thing at a couple key moments that um is very entertaining um but yeah and if she's kind of ahead of her time too you know the uh in terms of you know influencer and reality show character oh there's a dog i see yes. a dog yeah um you got thoughts of this layla no okay oh she just wants snuggles yeah she just wants snuggles yeah look at her well yep. but yeah the um but yeah i think she's good in this i don't know but yeah well let's talk famke jansen um because yes we, we definitely don't want to leave without talking about her because i think she's doing a lot of a lot of strong work in this um very very strong work uh speaking yeah. of femme fatale yeah um one of the the last great femme fatales uh in cinema in my opinion right um i would agree that, with that yeah yeah that uh that trope kind of went away mm-hmm. um but she mostly for the better but uh yeah but she does it exceptionally well right um she was in the middle of a uh, uh, kind of her big career 
upward mobility at this right. time. Um, she would do X-Men the next year, I think. Right. Um, yeah. She probably went straight from this to, to, to do an X-Men. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, but yeah, right X-Men before this. Time to shoot. Yeah. Right before this, she did um, uh, Deep Rising and then before that, Goldeneye. Right. Um, faculty was around this time, mm-hmm. um, which we talked about a couple months ago. Right. Um, yeah. She's uh, a really phenomenal, uh, phenomenal actress, I think. And um, yeah. And some of the work, the work she does with Jeffrey Rush um they're they're interplayed they're they're, they're chemistry so good is really good together yeah just, yeah yeah the anti-chemistry that they and, they managed to put right yeah is is really phenomenal um i know that this didn't time, work yeah. you, you don't have a movie i mean yeah it's no you're right yeah absolutely to this film yeah um i love that um uh her pretty much her main scene with 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 him it's all shot in close up. It's just the two of them together in a close up, and it's right. deeply uncomfortable that they're that close to each other. Um, and it's it's so claustrophobic. It's just these two people who hate each other. Right. They're married to each other, um, and they're both being absolutely vile to each other. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's it's just fascinating stuff. She uh, also nails the scene with Peter Gallagher too. Mm-hmm. Uh, she overdoes it a little bit in that scene. Um, which is what I, I had mentioned earlier that um, right. she has some expositional moments that she goes a little too far with mm-hmm. um, trying to make it interesting. I think in, right. you know, she's what she's doing is catching you up on what the plot is of their murder plot is and what they're trying to accomplish. Um, but she overdoes it. Like there's that, she puts on that whiny bit at one point, like mocking everybody, but right. she, it doesn't make any sense because she's talking to Peter Gallagher. Um but then she kills him and yeah that's a great moment um i like how she is she kills him and then throws the murder weapon right down on the ground it's like you did, your fingerprints are all over that buddy. but then she goes she cuts off his head and right like, yeah props his body up in the you know and everything i mean like right she's not just yeah she's yeah. not just uh, uh uh opportunistic she's evil right. absolute evil um, by the way, though, I do love um, after they have their big fight, her and Steven, when she's about to be e- eaten by the darkness, they both have a moment which, you know, uh, where they kind of like each other. Right. It's interesting. It's a nice moment. Yeah. Where um, he's like literally talking about how he's going to murder her. Right. And she's trying and to kill like, him. Oh, get up. You but he's move. like, Evelyn, get up. You know, right. and she's like, Steven, are you doing this? And he's like, no, get out of there. Right. Uh, like whatever, whatever feelings we have of each other, we don't want anybody to die like this. Right. Um, and I think that's uh, it. It brought a lot to the blood, a lot to the characters, a lot to the film that yeah. um, that maybe they hated each other, but there was some love there at some point, maybe. Right. Um, and um, but yeah, it's um, some of the interplay between them is I mean, obviously, a lot of it's problematic now. There's a lot right. of um, kind of homophobic stuff said to mm-hmm. him. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but again, a lot of it is viable because she's awful and we right. get the impression he's probably pretty awful to her more yeah. often than not. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way they interplay is even uh, there's a moment where uh, after um, Bridget Wilson gets killed off, mm-hmm. um, where Evelyn makes a crack about her death and Jeffrey Rush actually plays a uh, moment of disgust. Right with her, uh, with her being cavalier, he's like someone just died. Evelyn, like he gives her that look, 
it's again, it's moment that Jeffrey Rush probably didn't need to do, mm-hmm. um, but he did it anyway. And right. but the two of them do just do some exceptional work here. And yeah. I, so I agree. I think that um, for me, um, the interplay between Jeffrey Rush and Tomka Johnson and mm-hmm. Chris Kattan's first act are mm-hmm. the reasons to show makes up. This film. Right. Yeah. And um, and then it kind of goes downhill from there. But like I said, the second act does pick up with um, the reveal of her and Peter Gallagher um, Mm. and then and a great murder sequence. Um, And then we have to deal with and that's right after they reveal the the survivor relatives thing. Right. Um, So that kind of is interesting to me that the second act kind of picks up and then falls flat again as soon as uh, the darkness shows up. And that's um, unfortunate. Yeah. I also like the way, by the way, that the end of this movie is them like they find the bank drafts and like those are useless. Right. Like, you know, they they sell it as if it's supposed to be a, a happy ending. But I'm like, he's dead. Um, yeah. No and, one's going to uh, honor those. No one's going to honor those. Uh, yeah. And he died mysteriously, by the way. Right. Like actually bringing those to the bank is going to make you a prime suspect. Right. In his death. Um but yeah, uh, they could have at least been like cashier's checks or something, you know, something where it's already, you know, you ready to. Well, they are. Cash, right. Yeah. But they they're just regular checks. Though they're checks made out of cash. I mean, that's a little different, I think. No, they're big ones. They're big. Oh, they're are bigger, they? Bigger. Okay. Yeah, they were cashier checks. Okay. But still, it's going to be exhibit A in right. a murder investigation. Yeah. Um, uh, that, um, there's no way they're just going to believe that uh, Stephen Price invited a bunch of people to his house and the only two people mm-hmm. to walk out alive were innocent. Right. Um, but, and that's what I mean. It's one of those things that much like we've talked about with bringing in authorities, it's, it's a slap of reality that you mm. don't, I don't think you want to invite your audience to think about. No. You don't want to invite your audience to think about the uh, outside world uh, in this type of narrative. But I mean, See, if it's they would have just had coffin briefcases filled with you know money, that would have been made more sense. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in the first movie, they don't even say how they're going to get paid. Um, right. Just that uh, he will pay them. Um, yeah. This movie has the cashier's checks where he makes them all out to cash, and he's like, right. you know, you'll get that money at the end. Um, but um, but even then, I would think like you know like they, they talk a little bit about it i think where they're like do we can we trust him to actually give us like real checks and stuff like that right. but um but he seems like he was on the up and up for the most part but yeah. uh you know that he was really going to pay them um even though he didn't know who they were um mm-hmm. but yeah it's a it's a weird it's a weird setup but i mean i i just found that ending to be a little bit like real well, okay i get it like yeah yay they found the checks but i'm like that's not gonna i ain't gonna fly right. You know, no. that's going to be seized by authorities as soon as you do it and be like, oh, it's a guy who happened to give you checks. Right. I thought, out the cash I, I thought what they were going to do was like throw the checks in the air or whatever. I thought so, know? too. Yeah. yeah, I thought so, too. Even this time watching it through, I, I couldn't remember. And I was like, so they right. just throw those in the air. Right. Like right. it doesn't. But and they don't know. But um, yeah, like cliffhanger, you know, you right. know, you know, just burn them. You know, it, it's cost a fortune to eat this place. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I thought that was going to be it too. They were like, what's the point of that? You know, right. uh, just throw it in the air. Um, 
or it found them. Uh, it would have been more ironic and more interesting, funny if they found them like burned up. You right. know, like they were landed on them in the air. They were all torn up, and they were yeah. like, they thought it was very funny that you know, <laughs> the money's gone too. Right. Um, you know, but we're still alive, so you know, but um, uh, it's not the funniest thing in this movie though. My my funniest for me, the funniest moment in this movie is, um. The same scene where they find the picture and they're like, oh, we're relatives. Um, right. They start to hypothesize how that could happen. And she's like, he's like, oh, there's energy everywhere. He could be going through electricity. And she's like, right. through a phone line, yeah. the internet. And I'm like, right. oh, like, oh, 1999. <laughs> uh, you guys still thought the internet was magic back then. Right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they specify, specify the internet goes through a phone line, right? Um, and um, and uh, is, you know, but yeah, ghosts hacked a computer mm-hmm. through the through the internet as they um, do, as they are wont to do. Um, but that makes me makes me laugh every time. I love any time yeah. a movie this old, uh, that in now is old. I mean, mm-hmm. it, obviously at the time it wasn't, but right. um, but now it's like thirty years old or whatever. But um. It's uh, it's funny to me whenever they talk about the internet, um, yeah. you know that uh, which is I, I think would be a great theme someday. We should do a, a internet uh, internet internet movies right. from the late nineties right. uh, theme, like you know maybe fear dot com could be in there because that's another right. one that kind of went like internet plus ghost equals yeah. scary. Do Lawn um, Man two, you know Lawn Man two, <laughs> uh, um, absolutely Job's war. war, yeah, yeah Job's war, that's Job's right. war, yeah. yeah. Um, which I've never seen. I've never seen any of the Lawnmower Man movies. Uh, um, I've seen them both. They're both terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. I saw that like the director's cuts, like two and a half hours long, and it's on uh, one of the streaming services. I don't know if I. Can and I was, I was much. like, I'm like, I'm kind of interested, but I'm also not. Um, of the sequel? No, the original. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's like a director's cut that's really long. Okay, right. Uh, like two twenty or something like that, and I was like, really for the yeah. Lawnmower Man? I mean, right. like. I guess that I guess that was respected in some circles, but I never yeah. really heard it was like, is that a movie that needs a director's cut? I mean, right. like you know, I mean, I love Jeff Fahey, but right. Speaking I of, speaking of I, I just picked up um, recently Needful Things. Uh, the new Blu-ray has like the 191 minute TV version on there, and I can't oh, wait to see it. Yeah, I can't wait to see it if I ever get my TV put back together. Yeah, yeah. Is that that's new? Is that out? Yeah, it's out. It's oh now. okay so um, it's a new release newer release yeah it came oh, out this year i'm gonna have to fly, i'll have to track that down because yeah. um i'd love to watch that one um well, yeah, we gotta cover that one. yeah right we gotta cover that it has the best uh ed harris has the best shut up line delivery in history <laughs> in that movie shut up shut up shut up <laughs> it's ed, great ed harris is a goddamn national treasure I mean, ed, ed harris is amazing yeah we need more ed harris movies but yeah um uh but yeah you know, between that and Creep Show, and uh, mm-hmm. you know his his little bit on the stand, uh, yeah, right. he's uh, an icon. But yeah, uh, but no, that's great. Um, yeah, that's probably the only only example of a movie I'd like to see the longer version of. Right. Um, you know, but yeah, totally. Needful things needs to be on our list pretty soon. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, that and um, Tommy Knockers, which is right. terrible. Yeah. But I mean, uh, but that's begging for us to cover it. Oh, for sure. You know, well, do another, we love. Do a, we've never done a Stephen King month. We just done a bunch of Stephen King. 
Yeah, we've never actually done a full Stephen King month that, that I can remember. No. Um, we've done I a mean, lot we of did his work, yeah. The month of it, you know, but that was yeah, yeah. just doing all four. Oh, four it's of it. yeah, 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 yeah. No, you're, yeah, you know, we, we we never actually have done a Stephen King month. Um, but and I think we've already done his best stuff. Yeah. So right, and some of not best stuff. I mean, yeah. we've covered some pretty lousy Stephen King adaptations too, but um, we've also covered some pretty good ones. Right. Um, but yeah, no, totally. Uh, yeah, we'll need, do uh, we'll do Tommy Dockers and the Langoliers and uh, Needful Things, Needful Things, and I don't know, Cujo or something. Yeah, we've never done Cujo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was there another miniseries that he, there's got to be another one with Bag of Bones. That's another Mick Garris. Uh, there was a Sometimes They Come Back. That was, uh, I think that was just a made for TV movie. That, and then they made three X3 sequels, right? Um, Children of the Corn, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of sequels, um, there are so many of those, um, and they're all on Max right now. I think, and I, I watched a bunch of them like the last, like last month, and they were, they were awesome, um, in the way that they were not awesome. But you know, right. it's, uh, um, there's such wacky shit going on in those movies that uh, you can't help but love them. Um, another franchise dimension sort of managed to hang on to and just kept like mm-hmm. making more and more of them. Um, uh, and, uh, and progressively just getting worse. Um, right. Although the sixth one was actually kind of fun. I actually remember liking that one, but which one was that? Um, that's the one, the girl is prophesized, uh, to return to, to happen. The, the, the villain from the original film, Isaac returns. Right. Um, and okay, okay. yeah. Yeah, and she's like the chosen one, and then it turns out the the boyfriend character is actually the real villain. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end, um, it's it's uh, got a lot of energy and right. um, uh, some pretty solid direction. Um, but the it's overall it's a, you know it's, it's another Children of the Corn sequel. So yeah, 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 you know. But but yeah, anything else on um, House on Haunted Hill? No, I think that's we kind of covered that for me. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, um, check it out. I, I, think, yeah. I think it's a solid, you know, '90s uh, action horror. Not action horror, a horror movie. Um, yeah, well, I love, but fun. Yeah, I like. Um, I did want to mention one more thing. Actually, now that I think mm-hmm. about it, there was one thing that um, uh, it's it's very similar. He did the same stuff with Fear.com, where he, there's this whole sequence in the movie where Stephen Price is in this machine and he sees a bunch of images. Um, mm-hmm. And before Ms. Mars is killed, there's a bunch of images too, random shit that have, she flashes across the screen. Right. Um, and it feels very much to me like a uh, a filmmaker. Uh, it's similar to what James Wan said about the original Saw, where he's like, I saw the first cut of it mm-hmm. and then went, oh my goodness, I made a PG-13 drama. Right. Um, I love when directors just start filming some shit so they can get an R rating. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if that's the case, but I have to assume it kind of was mm-hmm. because it has no purpose in the narrative. Right. Um, it's just a bunch of scary images happen for no particular reason. Right. And um, it works. I mean, I, and I think you're getting bored, you know, and so they throw yeah. that at you to kind of get you to like, you know, back into things. Right. Um, but it's um, it's such a weird set of a set of images and like um Jeffrey Rush like swimming around in a water tank. Yeah, yeah. Um and I just it just tickles me to see it every time because I always forget it's there and I watch yeah, it. Yeah, because going, it makes this? no sense that it is there. Yeah, I mean, do. There's just, no purpose right. for this to be here. Right. 
Um, it's a bunch of images that have nothing to do with anything. Um, mm-hmm. they are not relevant later. Um, you know, it's just wacky shit. Um, uh, but it does have some cool, like the image of the yeah. girl uh, coming towards him with the hair across the face, and then the hair comes back, and it's like a mouth. Right. Um, great image. Um, and um, very fear.com-y, but um, I, I don't know if you remember fear.com, no. but um. He used a lot of the same techniques in that for the ghosts in fear.com. Um, the kind of black and white, bluish black and white, uh, uh, with very bright reds to, you know, with blood to bring out the, to bring out the shockiness of the image. Um, it's good composition, but the weird thing about that ghost underwater ghost, um, and, and that is that, um, it's an, well, it's not unused. Um, it was just mm. cut from the the final film. It's a ghost from a nineteen eighty one's ghost story. Oh, um, Rick, I think it was Rick Baker made those. Um, okay, so they probably they probably found it later on. And they're like, oh, we need to you know work a scare around this. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. It, the way it's shot and edited, you never know. I mean, that it wasn't you know made for this film, right? So the effect was made for the film, or the shot the, was made for the film. The 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 creature was made. The creature for, itself was made for right. Ghost Story. Okay, right. Oh, I like that movie. It's been yeah. a long time since I've seen it, but um, I didn't. Well, enjoy it wasn't. That movie. It wasn't in the final film. I guess it was cut. Um, oh, but I've I've seen pictures of it, like in Fangoria magazine and stuff like that. Like, oh, know, okay. Brought up and you know, that is neat. I yeah. wonder if that was um K and B. I wonder if they were like we're gonna do a a throwback to Rick Baker. Could be. Yeah, yeah that seems like a type of thing they would do. Right. Because they did the effects for this movie too. Um, right. um and it's good effects work. Yeah. So it um it definitely is um it's not I mean 13 Ghosts I think is better in the sense of the effects. Um right. but 13 Ghosts was also way more ambitious in its visuals mm-hmm. than this movie. Um although um I do think the cinematography is better than the, Rick Boda is very good. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good um, cinematographer. Yeah, very good cinematographer, very good director of photography. Mm-hmm. Um, makes this space really uh pop. I, I think um he did it really well with the Hellraiser films too, even though he wasn't DP on those, he just was yeah, director. They were shot well. But yeah, they were very shot well. And mm-hmm. they uh and well, I think what he does really well is use low ambient lighting mm-hmm. exceptionally well. He uses a lot of low lights, um right. and a lot of pale, almost like lamplight. In right. a lot of sequences, but they're warm. Um, but that opening, that foyer in this movie looks amazing. It looks incredible. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and maybe the unlike Thirteen Ghosts, I think he he uses enough light for most of these sequences. Right. Um, uh, like we said, Thirteen Ghosts, probably kind of the part of the problem with that movie yep. is too dark. Right. Yeah. Or too bright wherever right. but it was it was um, never it was never at the right level it seemed like it was always either yeah. too bright or too dark yeah and this one didn't have the headache inducing uh mm-hmm. editing either um right but um no strobe effects going on with this well there were yeah. but yeah they were specifically strobe effects right um not just rapid fire editing um but yeah i mean the machine steven's in that shows them all that stuff is strobe effects they were using that initially right um but uh to good effect i i do think the image of the little girl with uh, famka johnson's head's pretty good too but right um but i do i i do think the film is shot well i think that's another mm-hmm. thing this film's got going for it is it looks good yeah. um and um it it it's i think uh indicative of 
well, I think the opposite is somewhat indicative of movies of this time is a lot of them didn't look good. Right. Um, we'll see that next week too. Yeah. Um, that, um, uh, set design, uh, is an oft overlooked, um, element. Right. Yeah. Particularly in horror cinema. And there's good set design as well. There wasn't 13 ghosts too. Mm-hmm. Um, and good effects work that, uh, it's so much of the battle is making the environment believable Right. Um, and interesting looking. And I think the the house in this movie, even though its geography is a little iffy, um, I don't know where anything is in relation to each other. Um, there are a couple of different stairs that seem to lead to the basement. Um, but then they have different things in the basement. So right. who knows? But um, it works. Uh, I think yeah. the, um, the 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 cinematography is really solid in this movie. And um, Boda has a great eye. Um mm. And um, which is why the Hellraiser sequel he directed managed to not fail. Yeah, right. They, they're actually not bad. Um, well, they are, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, they they don't. Uh, they, they look still, like a million bucks, even if they still look. Yeah. And they were, great, you know, and they were made for less than a million bucks, I right. think. But yeah. you know, um, you know, Dimension wasn't spending. Um, no. But they. Um, but yeah, the. Uh, Boda's ability uh, behind the cameras is really exceptional. I, I hope, mm-hmm. I wish he would do more work. I'd love to see something. Yeah. I'd love to see what happens if you're given some money uh, as a director. But right. um, based on just like how good he is with this film and with Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight, right. and then the Hellraiser sequels actually looking good and being well directed, um, it'd be interesting to see what he could do when given an actual product, project. Right. You know, um, um, but yeah, it's, uh, he might be retired. Cause I don't see anything like coming after like, you know, the two, the mid two thousand tens, like, you know, yeah, maybe, you know, or he just, uh, yeah. Or, or working for dimension on those films ended his career. But right. I mean, like it, um, Oh, I take that back. He's, he's, he's directed since then. He's oh. the last thing he directed was in 2018. I was looking at his, uh, cinematography stuff. Oh, what did he direct in 2018? Uh, some show called Beyond. I don't know. No. Okay. I don't think I know what that is, but um, that wouldn't shock me if it did find out he went off the TV. Right. But a young um, man wakes up from a 12 year coma to discover new abilities that come to propel him into the middle of a dangerous conspiracy. No. This was a uh, on free form ah. or ABC family used to be. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if he ended up being a, uh, a TV, TV guy. Yeah. Right. Uh, he may have done an episode of supernatural. Yeah, he um, have. I feel like he probably has, everybody did one of those over right. the last 15 years. Um, every low budget horror filmmaker, I think eventually directed something for supernatural one right. episode, but, um, but yeah, no, he's a, he's a, he's, he's just a, a really, I, I think a great, uh, talented guy yeah yeah a great director of photography right and uh so i definitely wanted to make sure we managed to, to give him his flowers before we wrap up mm-hmm. too but because this movie does look good yeah um it is well it is well shot and is well lit and um you can't necessarily say that for a lot of horror films at this time so right um you know unless they were made by somebody like really hardcore like you know yeah. uh christoph gans you know doing the ring or whatever you know right um you know art filmmakers who are making um you know because i think william malone was mostly a, a journeyman mm-hmm. um you know work for higher type um right 
I, I say that not knowing much about his work, so I might be wrong. Right. But, um, but yeah, I think that was predominantly his thing. Um, I'm gonna look him up real quick, actually. Now, before we wrap up, just to see if I'm completely wrong and I'm saying something completely untrue. William Malone. Uh, yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Parasomnia. That wasn't right. bad. Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. A uh, a real. Uh. Yeah. He's a journeyman director. He directed yeah. on uh, Freddy's Nightmares. He directed on Tales from the Crypt. Um. A lot of TV. Um. And then a few films. Uh, all of which right. are horror films. So yeah, I guess I'm right. Yep. Um, but yeah, Parasomnia is actually not bad. I I didn't realize that was him. I um I actually did like Parasomnia. So no. did you ever see that one? No. Oh, check no. it out. It's fun. It's um, it's not great, but I right. I remember uh, thinking it was it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, it's problematic now, but mm-hmm. um, it uh, it had a it had a certain feeling to it. Also starred, I had a uh, Alison Brie pre-fame oh, cool. uh, in a small role. Right. Um, but, um, but yeah, and I don't think she talks about it much, but, right. um, but yeah, she was, she was in that well before she was in community or right. mad men, but, um, but yeah, it's a fun film, but I didn't realize it was the same guy, but yeah, hmm. um, he's a, yeah, he's a, a perfectly serviceable yep. horror film director. Um, we, we love, love the working was, class directors just as much yeah. as we love the working class actors, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, and, and I mean, I've made a couple jokes at Fear.com's expense, but to be fair, I haven't seen that movie in fucking forever. Right. And two, I think it probably still looked pretty good. Right. Um, and, and, you know, not not to its defense, like that's just a terrible title for a film. I'm sorry. It's a really it's, terrible you, film. You're title. asking for us to make fun of it. Yeah. It's a really terrible title. And, right. um, I think it's actually up there in a film in, in, I, I think there's a lot of people who never saw it because of that. Right. Like they were right. like, no, I'm not watching movie called fear.com. That's ridiculous. Yep. Um, but, um, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, the internet was trying to kill you back right. in 99. So I guess it still is. I mean, and some of that is still warranted. I was thinking about that today about films and, uh, 99 mm-hmm. and stuff being like, you know, the internet is evil and right um it, no good can come of it and it was still very mm-hmm. new at the time and so everybody was still kind of on that train there was a, not all of it is unfounded it's not like the internet's no. never been used to hurt anybody because it certainly right. has been but never to the point of um i think that film wanted us to believe that you know no. everything was bad because and right. arguably arguably it's done more good than harm i think in terms of information sharing and um yeah. You know, look at what's going on in the world right now and how much we know is happening versus what we knew, did used to never know. Right. Um, and that's all because of the Internet, you know. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I don't want to get off on a rant on that. But mm-hmm. um, cha-cha. <laughs> um, but, you know, you have to. For the kids. Dennis. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. Yep. You get it. The right people will get it. But, yep. um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm wrapping up this week, aren't I? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You did the opening. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else you want to add before I wrap up? No, I think we covered pretty much everything. Yeah. 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 It's a good movie. Yeah. Like a three star film. Solid, solid middle of the road movie, you know? Yeah. Solid three stars. It's a like perfect I said, it, it gives you exactly what it tells you it's going to give you, you know? Very true. Very true. And I think it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. uh, it's like, I think it's currently not on streaming anymore. Was on Tubi like last month, I think, right. but uh, it's only a matter of time. But yeah, um, I I would say 
pick it up on physical media, but um, it's really pricey um, really? right now. Yeah, the, the Screen Factory mm. version, I think um, it went down. I ordered it at the exact right moment where it was like 30% off on Amazon and I still paid like right. 20, 23 bucks for it, I think. That's um, much, right. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't have if it didn't hadn't right. been reduced. I was probably going to find another way to watch it. Right. Or go in blind because I'd seen it many yeah. times. Um, but I happened to be like, oh, hey, it's on sale. Um, especially since it was I on ordered... sale from Voodoo for you know Voodoo uh, streaming like for like six bucks when I went when I bought oh. it. So because it was okay. in the middle of their Halloween sale, you know. Right, right, yeah. I think that's why it was on sale on Amazon yeah. too. Was it was like right before Halloween, um, right. like horror movies went on sale. But as compared to the other ones I bought for this month, um, it was far and away more expensive than the other right. three. Um, and um, the Blob being the second most expensive right. of the four um but like the scream factory 13 ghosts wasn't that bad at all um but the uh house on a hill was expensive for whatever reason hmm. um but um but yeah i mean i do recommend um and obviously the news this week i think it was this week like best buy is like gonna be like we're not doing physical media anymore did right. we talk about that last time i think we might have talked no, about that last we time. might have mentioned it but uh, yeah but anyway, it's still a good idea to maybe yeah. now more than ever to to look into physical media. Yeah, streaming. if you're interested in a film, if you like a film, buy the buy the buy the, the, buy the, buy the Blu-ray. Yeah, buy the DVD or the or yeah, the buy a physical copy. Yeah, whatever you can get your hands on because yeah. you never know. Yeah, yeah. well, House on Hill is a perfect example where it's like you know if you wanted to watch it in with this episode, it's not readily available unless you have it. Right. You know. Um, and, um, you know, it's nice that you can rent it, but I mean, like it's it, streaming services are, are not a great way to rely on. I saw no. a meme about it just the other day about, uh, um, this the, is not know, how I imagined the future being, you know? Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. That like, you know, I, you know, I, uh, I would never imagine that, uh, I'd have to look, I think you shared it actually, yeah, which was yeah. the, uh, I have to search Google for the movie I want to watch and see if it's available on one of the streaming services I have. Right. Uh, and if it's not, I'm out of luck. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, it's um, physical media is worth it. Um, yep. And I'm 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 glad I'm still buying stuff. So, yeah. Uh, and then I can afford to buy stuff, which is the other part of it. Right. Is that you kind of got to be lucky enough to have the money for it, which I don't have a lot, but I still try to buy. I try to buy what we do here. That's right. my goal is to pick up a movie we're going to talk about. So which, by the way, you got to tell me what you want to do for December so I can look into it. Right. But right. Um, but with that, I'll say, uh, I'll wrap up. Um, I want to say, uh, as always, thank you very much for listening. Um, we remind you to keep it positive, keep it constructive, love yourself, love your fellow horror fans. Um, be nice to each other. Um, uh, oppose genocide and, right. um, and just, uh, generally don't be a dick. Um, and, um, yeah, we didn't really talk about the new news about like Scream, the new Scream movie and the actress. I don't know if you read about this. It just happened today no. where the lead actress they have in the new ones. Um, uh-huh. She uh, shared a post about like how she can't seem to find any information on what's happening in Palestine. And so they fired her from the movie. Um, and she's now not. Are they accusing her of being anti-Semitic? Anti-Semitic. They are saying the the studio said. I love that. I love when they use that as a cudgel against anybody speaking out against you know. Yeah, but Mel Gibson just started a spinoff of John Wick, 
Um, but you know, uh, yeah, he was like starring in it. Yeah, he's one of the main characters. Um, and you're talking about the uh, the Continental, the Continental, yeah. Well, shit, now I don't know if I can watch that. Yeah, um, I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, he's in it. Um, but they point that out, and the kid from Stranger Things had said some stupid shit months ago, and they're like, no, he's still fine. Um, but this actress says that, and so now it's a huge, it's all over Twitter right now. The big, uh, the uh, everybody's basically saying, you might as well cancel the film. We're not going to go see it. Um, yeah. unless she's reinstated. Um, they're like between that and the freezing out of Neff Campbell and the last one, we're done right. with it. Um, I don't have a horse in that race, but I do think no, the nor do is I. Being... I think I think the series might need to take a break again, you know. Yeah, but, uh... but I do think that the uh, firing the actress is wrong. I will yeah. stick with that. Um, you know, all she because I've read the post, it wasn't anti Semitic, right. it was, it was. Yep. If that's all she said, then that's that's yeah. Completely. Why why so, is yep. why is Hollywood? Uh, but what she more or less inferred was that you know, American mass media is not covering right. what's really happening. There's yeah. there's it's there's a lot of uh, propaganda happening because right. our government wants is going to support what's going on with Israel mm-hmm. for their own benefit in right. the Middle East. Um. And that's why they won't cause a ceasefire. It's because they want they want the genocide to happen so that right. the region is further destabilized so that they can get better oil. Right. Um and it's it's wrong. Um, but you know, it's a thorny issue and I, I didn't want to I don't want to get into it, but um the actress making that statement is it to fire her from the film is wrong. But right. um especially when you consider how many anti-Semites and pedophiles and yeah. everything else, uh, you know. Continue uh, to get work, you know. Yeah. Ezra Miller, uh, you know, they still released The Flash. Right. Um, And they did a whole bunch of wacky shit that yeah. was pretty awful. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, but more of the point. Yeah. And more of the point of why we need more positivity on the internet more than ever. Yeah. Um, Because there's a lot of people getting hurt. Um. But we, so I do say that as always, um, let's remember to try to be nice to each other as mm-hmm. things keep getting worse. So, um, and with that, I'll say uh, thank you very much. Good night and namaste.